Emma, thank you for joining us. Live Like a Unicorn was a story when you guys applied to be on the show that instantly touched me, touched Evan and the people that work for us. Uh, years ago, I was telling you briefly before we started, um, we supported an organization called Jason's Dreams for Kids. Dennis and his wife did a great job in supporting that. They were an offshoot, essentially, I think, off of Francis Foundation. And uh, when the families would come in, um, after we played around the golf, and they would tell their story, a kid that they were helping, almost like a My Wish Foundation on a local level, it really touched me, and I had a lot of empathy. Um, and a lot of people would probably say that Ryan doesn't have a lot of empathy. Uh, and I don't for certain shit. Um, but your story instantly touched me. Um, honored to have you here. And I promise you I'm going to help blow this up. Um, so let's dive a little bit into your story and your daughter's story and your family's story. All right. Thank well, you for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to be able to kind of share our story and how everything began. So... Um, I grew up in North Jersey. I met my husband who grew up in Monmouth County at uh, Rutgers University. We got married and had two beautiful kids. So my daughter, Olivia. How old were you? Uh, when I got married? Yes. Uh, I think I was 28. 28. Yeah, 28. But I met him when I was 18. So like... I was like, are we doing this or time, what? Yeah. After hanging around for 10 years. Yeah. So we, yeah, I was 28. Um, we were living out near Princeton at the time. I got pregnant right away with our daughter, Olivia. She was born February 2011. And then two years later, um, our son, Jack, came along, who is had was a pain to give birth to and has been a pain ever since. <laughs> they say that's but, how it works. Uh, I think that's how it works, right? The second one always like gives you gray hair. Um, and everything was pretty good. We decided to move back to Monmouth County where my husband grew up. And in 2019... And you guys uh, are in Freehold, right? We are. We're in Freehold. Mm -hmm. um, my daughter, Liv, started complaining about her shoulder. We had taken her snowboarding a couple weeks prior and thought that she had just fallen, maybe pulled something, brought her to the walk-in. They were like, it's just a sprain. Don't worry about it. For two weeks, she was up every night screaming in pain. It was getting worse and worse and worse. Um, I was taking her back and forth to doctors, couldn't figure it out. And finally, I just had that mother's intuition. And I was like, something is not yeah, right. This kid's in pain. She's in pain and she's getting worse, not better. So we put her in the car and we drove her to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And um, at first they thought it could be like a nerve issue. They brought her in for an MRI and they happened to catch a tiny piece of her spinal cord on the MRI and they found a tumor. And that was on her spine, not on, not on her brain. It was inside of her spinal cord, mm -hmm. which is the rarest of the rare. Yeah, and, and what is the percentage we it's talked about it earlier? It's 0.005% chance of having a spinal cord tumor. So for people who's not big on math, that's super rare. That's super, super, super rare. So for, for example, like in, in a five-year time span, how many kids, just to put a, a, a number amount on so, it, run into something like that? Uh, I would say, okay, so... And is, it, and is it just in kids or is it in I adults? I mean, adults and kids can all have spinal mm -hmm. cord tumors, but... Uh, we live was admitted for surgery and you really grade tumors based on the pathology and what mutations are in it. 
So she had uh, was admitted, had surgery that um, two days later. So it was right after her eighth birthday, and she was in surgery for 14 hours. We, my husband and I, it was like one of those bad movies. We were just sitting in the waiting room, seeing people like come in and out and in and out. And we were there until the lights were turned off and we were actually like locked in the room. The surgeon said, I'm not really sure. We have to wait for the pathology. Got it back on my husband's birthday. It was stage four with one of the most aggressive mutations that they have in pediatric cancer. It's called H3.3K27M. So it's found um, a lot in another kind of pediatric cancer called DIPG. And about 400 kids a year are diagnosed with that. And there is a less than 1% survival rate for that kind of cancer. Now diagnosed with that level of pediatric that, cancer yeah. or that spinal issue? So with that, le- that mutation of pediatric cancer. Of, of the cancer. And that could be mm-hmm. anywhere in the body. Yep, so but a lot still, of them are in the brain. It's super rare, 400. It's super, super rare. Yeah. But extremely aggressive, and there are zero treatment options except clinical trials. So we got our diagnosis. We were obviously, it was like, that's our line in the sand, right? Mm-hmm. We got that, and our whole life was before that and then after that. So let's, let's just pull it back, and, and you gave us a lot of color on what was going on in your life at the time. What was going on from the perspective in your eyes, in your daughter's life? How was she interpreting this? And how did this all unfold in a sense of live like a unicorn? So at first we didn't tell her that she had cancer because I couldn't absorb it. So how can you talk to your children about a topic that you can't even? For me, I almost feel like maybe I'm a bad person, and you can give me some. Like I would like, I feel like maybe I'd just lie. So there were definitely times that I was like, "Do we tell her? Do we not tell her? What do we say?" So we said there was something growing inside your body, and it's not supposed to be there, and we're gonna figure it out. But um, strangely enough, I have a friend that's a pediatric oncologist. And I called her after Liv was diagnosed and I was crying and I was, you know, saying, I can't, how am I going to tell her? How do you tell your eight-year-old that was in perfect health, that's supposed to have a whole life ahead of her, that she has cancer? And she said, think about the places that you will be going for her treatment. There will be kids with no hair. There will be the word cancer everywhere. Mm. As her parent, you've got to have the tough conversation. Mm-hmm. So we did, we sat her down and we said, you have a kind of cancer um, and we're gonna try and help you, but there's not a lot of medicine right now. And you know, we talked a little bit about how there's no money in pediatric cancer, so. Uh, you're super strong coming here and talking about this, but I, I have to like, what was you and your husband's like, what were you going through at that point? You're, you're, obviously, it's a tough conversation. So I think you're in shock. <clears throat> and I think that it, I kind of felt like nothing hit me. I was watching myself like I was in a movie. Because I think that, especially as a parent, you go into protection mode and you can't even go. You're hyper-focused. Yeah. You, you've got to, I've always been the kind of person that I'm like, how do we fix it? Mm-hmm. What can we do There's to make it better? There's solutions to this. There's solutions to this. And we are solution-oriented 
people and we've always, my husband and I are a team and we always try and come together and figure it out. And we threw ourselves into the intellectual researching. Let's find a clinical trial. Let's find someone to help her. Like we didn't have time to sit. Yeah, you took action. Feel sorry for ourselves. I mean, let me tell you, there are days now that I definitely do. And -hmm. there were times that we kind of had to pick each other back up. But we kind of, we came up with a rule that we weren't allowed to have breakdowns at the same time. Mm-hmm. So if I was losing it, he was the strong one in taking care of stuff and vice versa. We just said, like, we have to stay strong because you can't scare your kids. Yeah. You can't let your kids see you fall and you have apart. And you have another kid. You have a son. And he was six at the time. He was in kindergarten. And How was him, he taking it? He didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. At all. He didn't get it. He was, he had never had anyone with like a terminal illness. He had never had anyone die. Yeah, yeah, he had never experienced anyone that he was close to dying. Mm. We didn't tell him at first the diagnosis. Um, And he was really more concerned with like going on his iPad, honestly. Yeah. He just didn't, he didn't get it. Now, do you see in him, not to be too too personal, but do you see in him a few years later that he's like, where's my sister, right? Where's Olivia, where's... So we lost Liv November 2019 and the pandemic hit March 2020. Mm-hmm. I remember it because my son's birthday is March 23rd and I remember panicking trying to get him a birthday cake because he had just lost his sister yeah. and the world was shutting down. Mm-hmm. For us, the pandemic was one of the best things that could have happened because it forced us to grieve. It forced us to have no distractions. Mm. We did the work. Yeah. We, you know, gave him all of the attention that he had been lacking because when his sister was sick, he was at one person's house, a grandparent was coming, he was shuffled somewhere else. Like, we really didn't see him for nine months Yeah. while she was sick. And this is the stuff that I want people to be impacted by and hope that they support your foundation because... The things that people go through as a family when someone is sick at any age, but especially when you have young kids, is it's just it's fucking hard. It's awful. It's hard. Like I, I, I feel like I'm I'm a mentally tough guy, but that that may um, I feel like I'll never give up, but I, that that may get close to, to yeah. beating me down. And I want people to know what families go through, and and again. You know, your strength to come on this show and have me ask you these questions is, you know, a tribute to you and your family. So, you you know, kudos to you. I think story, your story is powerful, right? Because if I didn't share my story, you wouldn't know Mm -hmm. what these families go through. Definitely Many people wouldn't, you know? And I think that I always said after we lost Liv, it will not be in vain in her life and her, the legacy that she has built. Even if I just help one person and teach one person about pediatric cancer and help one family that's struggling to pay her bills, like that's what it's about. And you're helping way more than that. So I wanna, I wanna get back to the story a little bit and, and, and I tend to jump around. So you guys have the diagnosis, you're helping her you know, battle this, you're being as positive as you can. You're at NYU, I'm sure you're at many different you know, doctor's appointments, you're running around. Um, when did it come to fruition that Olivia said, I want to help other kids? 
where you guys went and did this clothing drive? So uh, it was the summer that she was sick and she was actually doing pretty well. She was on a clinical uh, trial that was helping. She had finished radiation. We had come back from Disney and she said, well, what can I do? Like, how can we help other kids? So, you know, we talked about how people start foundations and how you can raise money and, you know, help with certain things. And she was like every other little eight-year-old girl and obsessed with unicorns. It was unicorns everywhere, her room, her clothing, everything was covered. Mm. And um, she said, okay, it's going to be called Live Like a Unicorn. And I said, okay. So let's, let's do something. So she had uh, done travel soccer and we had done a clothing drive and she raised you know a few hundred dollars for the team. She was like, let's try and do that. So I said, sure. So she got some friends together. They did a bake sale. They had sold some bracelets and they ended up filling six trucks. People, our whole town came out. It was amazing. And she raised $10,000. And your town, again, Freehold. Freehold, yeah. Freehold came around a family that was struggling and Help raise 10 grand. 10 grand we raised in one day. That's amazing. It was unbelievable. Did she, did she know the impact at that age of what type of money that was? I, I, I don't know, yeah. right? Because I think even at that age, like 100 bucks seems yeah, like, like a whoa, lot. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's changing a little bit I buy a, a lot of now. unicorns. <laughs> exactly. So like 100. But I mean, I remember her telling her oncologist when we went into the city and her oncologist is this amazing uh, woman named Dr. Sharon Gardner out of NYU and she has dedicated her whole life to this. Sharon or Shannon? Sharon. Sharon Gardner. Sharon Gardner. Shout out to Shannon, Sharon Gardner. Sharon Gardner out of NYU and she came in the room and said, so Liv, how was your fundraiser? And Liv had brought them all bracelets and told them about it the week prior. And Liv goes, we did really well. And the doctor stood there and said, oh, like, did you make $500 or like 1000 And Liv goes, no, we made 10000 And her doctor was like Shocked. blown away. But Liv definitely had like my determination too. Um, she was and driven. She, yeah, was driven and wanted to make it a success. And at that point, did you create an actual 501C? So I didn't do that. Actually, Liv was on hospice at NYU for six weeks uh, before she passed and her wish was to make it official. So we would be in NYU and she would be laying in her hospital bed and saying, Mom, did you do my paperwork? Are we official yet? Did how does we do she it know yet? that? How, how does she know Well, that? I would tell her, like, it's not official yet. Mommy has to file papers and whatever. And But I how did she know think, official? Like, well, like... Cause I, I know you could say it, but, like, still, like, a kid to she, come back to saying, is this official? Like... That is like, it gives me goosebumps. Like, that's She was a very real. old soul, but I think that deep down she knew that she was dying. And I think that she knew that I needed something. Like, she was trying to help you at, like, such a young age. How crazy is that? She was the most, and everyone, like, I would go to her parent-teacher conferences, and they were like, she's the kid that when someone's by themselves, like, she goes and sits with she's them. trying to help them. She's the kid that, like, if someone's making fun of someone else, like, she'll stick up for them. The kid that's bullying her, she'll still be nice to them. Like, she's she tough, was like just... Mom. She was so empathetic, though. Yeah. That, like, I think it's such a hard trait to teach kids. It's, life is hard. Life is... It makes is, you cold. right? But to know that, like, at such a young age... She had that, and she had something in her that she really just wanted to help other people, like special, all the time. 
Yeah, that that that's really incredible. And again, I, I don't just say it. It gives me it gives me chills. And you should be proud because her you. parents help instill that in her. And yeah, that some of that is natural and genetic, but you know, kudos to you guys as parents. So as you guys walk through this six weeks of obviously just absolute, you know, in my words, horror. You know, it's just like I would probably be angry. Well, uh, I, I go to a motion of anger. Yeah, and you are literally sitting there waiting for your kid to die. And, yeah. like, some days you're like, God, I want to get out of this hospital. And then you're thinking, what am I wishing? Yeah. Because once we leave, like, she's not going to be with us. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you knew that, you know, it's 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 over for her. It's, the it's doctors six weeks. pulled us into a room, Dr. Gardner, and my husband wasn't ready. Mm. And we were finding like a last ditch effort of medication. And I remember it was like two weeks into staying at the hospital. And she just said, guys, we had told her our wishes in the beginning. I never wanted her to be a vegetable. I never wanted her to just have to lay in bed. She was active literally even when she was in the hospital, when she was dying, she wasn't able to walk on her own, but she was up doing crafts, playing games for the last four weeks of her life. Like, mm-hmm. we never wanted her to get to a point where she, who wants to live like that? Yeah. Nobody. And selfishly, I would have wanted to keep her forever, right? Mm-hmm. But I think I think naturally looked, that's what all human behavior does, right? Right. But then you have to think of, like, the unselfish thing, right? Yeah. And the think hard about, thing, the, the hard thing is the right thing. Yeah. Always, right? Yeah. And we said in the beginning, like, we never wanted her to suffer just And for this us. was at NYU, the last six weeks. This was at weeks. NYU, was her last. Uh, so, as the story moves along, your daughter, beautiful Olivia, unfortunately passes away. Mm-hmm. At that point, you guys, you told me a story again quickly before, walk downstairs. So, so now, unfortunately, your daughter passes away. You walk downstairs. You have a parking bill. And these are the things that people don't realize that families are going through as they're going through, again, this horrific event in their life where their kid has cancer. Can you imagine? And you go downstairs, we put in our ticket, and it was $3,000 almost. For who I am, and again, not being, you know, somebody, like, I'd want to punch someone in the face. that, That would be my first emotion for me. Like, what? Like, send me that bill a month from now. Right. When I grieve, you guys walk downstairs. You put your card in. Have you owe three grand? Yep. Like, what were you thinking in that moment? And that's what I mean. We were like numb. We just—I think my husband just put in the credit card and was like, "We got home and don't even remember driving through New York to get home." You guys get that bill, three thousand dollars. I'm sure your medical bills were adding up. Unfortunately, your daughter just passes. Um, you have to bury your kid now. Um, just for the impact of the people who are viewing this, to know what you and your family went through, because I want to raise money. Let's raise money for this family, for this organization. Tell us just, again, you don't have to go crazy personal. Tell us about that time in your life when you had to put your daughter in a grave. How do you, right, survive it? It was Basically, someone told me after she was diagnosed that you will live this journey day by day. And at that point, we were living our life hour by hour. But again, my son then at that point was seven when she passed. 
Yeah, even though I the kid to raise. I had little eyes looking at me. Yeah. I had little eyes watching me to figure out. They aren't little eyes, they're wide eyes. Exactly, they're right? They're taking it all in. And I had to be strong for him, and I had to be strong for my husband, and I had to show him that we can find grit through grief, and we can pick ourselves back up, grit and we can grief. find a way it's gonna be a different life than what we had before, but we have to find a way to move on. Yeah, you have to. You have to, because what's my other choice? No matter what happens to you in life, you know, we're talking about unfortunate events with, you know, a child with, you know, cancer, but anything that happens to you in life, and that's what this podcast is about. Here's a nugget, here's a nugget. You know, anything that has happened to you in your life, and, and again, I'm so glad that you came on, and, and that is a great point that you just made. No matter what has happened to you, it's done, it's over, it may be horrific. You need to cut it out of your head and move on because you still have so many years ahead of you. And what leadership that that you had, and, and women are so much stronger than us. Like, we are soft, <laughs> like, I get it. Like, I can only imagine Brian just, you know, that's his baby girl that he just buried and, you know, just being defeated. Like as a male, we're masculine, we're alpha males. Like, we're gonna do it, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna destroy it, we're gonna kill it, we're gonna get it done. Right. That's our mentality. Yeah. And to have the leadership and toughness from your position as the mom and the wife. And listen, there are days still, even now, we're coming up to three years this winter, that I don't wanna get out of bed. I wanna feel sorry for myself. I wanna mm -hmm. pull the covers you over. Can't. And I can't because I've got a son to raise, I've got a husband, I've got a house, and I have a life. And what what purpose would Liv's life have been if I throw mine away? Which is, you know, it was a great segue to what Live Like a Unicorn is doing, the events that you're doing, how you're raising money, things you're doing for families. I want to jump into that. And uh, I want Olivia to know that Ryan Robbins has her back. And I mean that. I fucking mean that from the heart. That's amazing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, look at my eyes. I mean that. I mean that. Your story is, is, is touching, and, and uh, I don't want people to know that I, I can cry, but I do cry once in a while. <laughs> um, how do we raise money? What are you guys doing? What's your, what's your top events? What's so, your top fundraisers? Honestly, we started January 2020, and COVID hit right after. So I feel like this is really our first year of figuring out events and figuring out what we're doing. Everything was grassroots. It was hustling, selling T-shirts. It was... Uh, doing different like online challenges. The first year we did um, a little over 120,000 and it was just that. I had some girlfriends that joined the board and we just hustled. We mm -hmm. were writing to people, we were What are you showing your girlfriend's names that are helping you out? Let's give them a shout out. So my girlfriend with me now is Christina and she's been- She's a rock, I could tell. She's, shout yeah, out to Christina. Was my, she is my rock, she's like my right hand. We said that eventually we'll ditch our husbands and like live in like an old retirement community. Mm -hmm. Just us and like a bunch of dogs. Yeah. Um, I've got- Sounds uh, a little weird, I don't say anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I did see how she loved Hudson. See? I told you. Um, we recently have another board member that I met uh, through this community. She lost her daughter, um, Kendall, uh, right? Um, it was a year ago, actually, last week. Mm. Uh, her story was even more tragic. It was about two months from diagnosis to death. 
Holy and shit. she has joined our board now. Wow. Um, and it's honestly a bunch of moms that are just trying to kill it. Yeah. So we do like a couple of different things to support the pediatric brain tumor community and pediatric cancer community. Uh, we support research. So we just uh, did a $50,000 check actually this past weekend to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. God bless you. So it's, uh, we're now at about 450000 that we've done in medical research grant funding. And that's in two years. That's in two years. Two yep. years, you was your revs was four fifty, and you donated all revs. Yep. Not one so, bit. Anybody got paid. Took a paycheck. Nobody takes a salary. Nobody gets paid um, except our accountant yeah. because the that's fucking accountant way above always, my pay grade. They always get paid. <laughs> Those son of a bitches. Right. Um, so we do that. We do family assistance checks for anyone uh, that's family is going now, through. Now, let's talk about that a little bit, because I know the foundations, especially the, the, the big ones, and people need to realize, donate to the small ones. If you haven't watched the last six years of this country, corporations, foundations, they don't yep. give a shit about us. Support local. Support people you know that you trust, and they're actually having a local impact. And you can look at people's financials. You can go on and search whatever foundations. You have to. It's 501 it's public. Yeah. You can see what the bigwigs are making and what they're getting paid and how much money is going to their mission versus how much money is going to the executives. So talk about family assistance. Typically, you have to apply to have something like that. You guys are, you guys send it into us. We don't care what you're using it for. Go to Charlie's, you know, get Grubhub, whatever you need to do for mm-hmm. your family. Here's a check for a thousand bucks. No questions yep. asked. No questions asked. They just have to show a diagnosis. And um, we give them a blanket grant to pay for whatever they need. So we had a family that came uh, that wrote to me, and she was a teacher. She got laid off. Um, they didn't renew her contract. She was on contract. And her husband, with the pandemic, had to close his company. And they're on COBRA now. And their daughter's fighting brain cancer. Mm. So we just gave them a blanket check and they're using it to pay for their COBRA, but other families, they need it for... Now you're helping them pay monthly for their COBRA? We uh, gave them a blanket uh, check for um, the year. Mm-hmm. So wow. we had another family who had People car- don't realize COBRA mm-hmm. on a teacher's health insurance, I know that most people don't, most people don't realize COBRA, you're paying 75% of the premium. Yeah. <clears throat> That premium as a teacher is 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 hefty for a family. Yeah, um, and there are in that there are so many families like that. I was fortunate when Liv got sick. I was already a stay-at-home mom. M- many families, right? Both parents work. Somebody's got to leave their job to take care of your child because you're in physical therapy, occupational therapy, radiation treatments, clinic visits. It's non-stop, full time. <sighs> And I, we were lucky, and we had a really supportive community that fundraised for us. But not everyone has that. Yeah. Um, so not everybody has the strength to even go ask for it. My husband, especially, is a very independent person. Mm-hmm. and It hurts your pride as a male. It does, but at the end of the day, I think he looked at his baby girl, and he was like, you know what? Swallow my pride. If I can spend more time with her then that's what we're going to do. If we can take her to Disney, if we can, you know, get her, go to the American Girl store and go crazy, like, yeah. that's what we're going to do for her. Yeah, I want to see her happy. I want to see her smile. Yeah. And, yeah, wow, that's just... 
And, and again, I told you, the Jason Dreams for Kids, these stories came in after we played a round of golf and, and, and had a few beers. It was just so impactful to see what they were doing as a small organization with Jason's Dreams for Kids, helping these families go to a Giants game, go to Disney, you know. These things, you know, are everything if if you're you're losing your child. Yeah, and think about it, right? You get this diagnosis, you have all these bills piling up, and you don't want to take the money that's for all your medical bills and for your house and go on vacation or go to Disney. That's why these smaller organizations are so important. Yeah, and you do discovered how quickly the lack thereof helped that was out there. There, it, it's unbelievable. So the NCI... And the greatest country in the world. The NCI gives less than 4% of funding to pediatric cancer. And describe what that is for people the who The National Cancer Institute, so mm-hmm. the governmental-run cancer yeah. to help everyone, right? They give less than 4% of their budget to pediatric cancer. That's a and bunch of, of bullshit. That, less than 1% goes to pediatric brain tumors, Probably which goes to is, Ukraine. Yeah. Somewhere in Ukraine. Which is now the number one cause of death by disease in children. So Americans spend So what the hell more, are they doing with the rest of the percentage? It's all to adult cancers. So Americans spend more in Starbucks in three days than the government does in a whole year for pediatric cancer. Which it's is so insane. Crazy. So, you know, we're losing. I mean, we've already lost. Is the, is the, is the, like, let's, let's break that down for a minute, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a critical thinker. Is it because that's paying pharma and, and the hospitalization system more money at the adult level and the no, kids are. I think it's more, people don't want to touch kids, right? Imagine you run a clinical trial, pharmaceutical company, your hospital, whatever. There's no money in kids, and the numbers. But that's are, what I mean. Do you think the money is what drives it, or I think I think the numbers aren't there compared to adult cancers, right? So there's so much more uh, more people being diagnosed, right, with breast cancer or with uh, lymphoma. So and 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 thinking about things in in volume, it's just obviously more adults have cancer. Yeah, obviously. More adults have cancer, but then when you think about it, my daughter lost 77 years of her life, right? Mm-hmm. And someone, I don't know, say with colon cancer in their 60s, 70s, they're losing, what, 15 years? Mm-hmm. 10 years? Yeah. We're not putting money into the future of our country, right? Yeah. There are kids dying. We've lost... We can't get formula, let no, alone kids' cancer right? research. In the past month and a half, we lost two kids that we support in the foundation. Two very kids. sorry to hear that. In a month and a half, two kids. One was four. I have the youngest child that we support right now is eight months old, fighting brain cancer. Can you imagine? You just had no. a baby. Yeah, I eight can't. month old baby. No, I can't. We've got uh, over. I look. I it's like it. I look in my my daughter's eyes, and I like. Kelly, you think your eyes are good? And she's like, you know, Ryan, you're, you're, you're kind of crazy. Like, stop. And like, because I've heard, again, I've heard these stories. Like, 
that is a huge like take me out like i don't want to die i want to see my kids live but like take me out don't yeah. don't take my kids out and that's right you never think it's gonna i never thought it was gonna happen to me i used to lay in bed with my husband on like a saturday before we had kids and the saint jude's commercials would come on and i would be like oh those poor families and i would sit and i would cry and he'd be like why are you watching that it's so sad and i'm like i can't believe and then it turned out to be us no one ever thinks it's gonna happen to you until, until it does, does. It's 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 so crazy. So let's let's try to point this towards again how we help the organization raise money. So um, we have a bunch of events planned for the next uh, couple of months. We have give us your first one that you have planned next. So we have something called Christmas in July, which we did last year, and we are always looking for corporate. I love saying I love Christmas. I'm in. So we're always looking for corporate sponsors to come out and help us. We invite all of the local families that we support. So we've got 25 in New Jersey. And what are you doing? Describe the event. So the kids come. Um, we do pictures and a special visit with Santa. Santa has gifts for all the kids. We have crafts. We have games. We have food. And where we is have, this at? Uh, it's actually an amazing business uh, stepped up to help us yet again this year in Ellen's Tree Farm in Manalapan. They are awesome. They that, hosted that, like, us last year, and they're doing they it again. That thing they have going on is is beautiful. I have a friend, Trevor West. You may have seen him on a podcast. Mm -hmm. He worked there when he was a young kid. Yep. That and is a great place. Let me tell you. So we came up with this crazy idea last year. We were like, you know what? So many of the hospitals are down with their toy donations in the summer, and kids are still COVID. sick. Kids are still sick in the summer. No one thinks about it. Everyone's like, let's do a toy drive for Christmas. But nobody ever thinks that there are kids that are sick in the hospital mm -hmm. during the summertime, right? Because everyone's too busy, like, going to the beach yeah. or, like, having drinks by the pool or whatever, right? So it started with the idea of, like, let's do this huge toy drive and stock as many hospitals as we can. Because we work really closely with St. Peter's, um, Robert Wood Johnson. We support 15 hospitals throughout New Jersey and New York. And they always say we're empty. Like, That's this crazy. time last year, St. Peter's but called us. But I heard us. that with COVID, that, like, they weren't accepting toys. They weren't. And so they didn't have their surplus. And now they are. And now they're empty. Um, and especially now with COVID. So when Liv was sick... They had music therapy, art therapy. They had, I don't know, like a botanist that came and literally did like plantings and stuff with them. But once COVID hit, all of that was wiped out. So the only thing that the child life specialists who are like these amazing people that are like the cruise directors of the hospital, but also help explain all the procedures, help um, kids who, who, learn. Who, who, who do we need to go after in the hospital? Who's not performing? Who? who who do we need to go take down? Because that's what motivates me. I think COVID. <laughs> the COVID. I think COVID just decimated everything. Whether your stance on COVID, whatever it is, yeah. the idea of COVID decimated mm -hmm. so many of these programs. Mm -hmm. And um, so the people who planned the pandemic, right? I think that they just them. need they needed help, right? So it started with let's stock the hospitals. And then we were like, well, let's not stop there. Let's invite all the families yeah. that we support for, like, one of my biggest regrets is I never did professional, like, pictures with my kids. So when Liv died, we have very few pictures of, like, the four of us. So we got a bunch of photographers that donated their time, and we took holiday pictures for all of our families. 
So they're like on the sleigh, they're in the trees, awesome. and all of our families like sent us Christmas cards using the pictures from our event, yeah. which was so much That's fun. That's awesome. So we are always looking to partner with companies to help sponsor a family. So we're to talk about a couple of the sponsorships. Give us some levels, so some numbers. So we have, I think it's around $400 to sponsor a family. So we get Christmas presents or Christmas in July presents. 400 for bucks all, to sponsor one family one for family. the Christmas event. Mm-hmm. And they'll get a huge package like filled with toys. Um, We've got a sponsor um, ship level that's about $1,500 that we're looking for to get some like carnival kind of games for the kids. Um, we're looking to help do some what different... What about for the event at Ann Ellen's? So yeah, so we're looking... Uh, Ann Ellen's gives us the whole space for free. Mm-hmm. So any sponsorships that we're looking for is just really to add on. So like I said, like games to help pay for crafts because we're a nonprofit, right? So mm-hmm. every penny that comes out of our pocket mm-hmm. isn't going to help support games the research at or to the family. event. Yep, games at the event, mm-hmm. um, crafts at the event. Uh, well, Fireside is is in for 1500 bucks this, this thank Christmas. Thank you, that is we're, amazing. We are, we are fully in and I'm going to get a bunch of other people to get on that. I that promise you. That is unbelievable because we want to make it a special day out for these kids and yeah. to be able can to I just attend? Can it. I bring my, my of son? Of course you can, yeah. We open it to the um, to the public for people to come. Um, we invite some local vendors there um, in a separate section because especially when we started during the pandemic, I wanted to somehow partner with local businesses to help them as well. So we mm-hmm. started working with um, a candle company called Brighter Days in Marlboro. And it was a great story. A mom that started making candles literally in her apartment ended up with a storefront. We did a partnership with her. She made, um, I think we have like 500 of them, these Be The Good candles that she gave us a great rate on buying a huge amount of them. And we're helping spread the, you know, her business, but also we're selling it for our merchandise to be able to give back yeah. to the foundation. Grab some proceeds. Yeah. So we really try and partner with local businesses and local companies. So I don't mean to can. throw him out there. And, and um, I'm sorry, Jamie, because he's, <laughs> he's just a huge heart. He can't help himself. And a lot of people, when you become a giver, start to be too much of a takers. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, in this world, that's how it works. Um, but have you reached out to Eat Clean, bro? So I have to tell you a story, and I actually just messaged Jamie <coughs> on Instagram He's a, special a couple individual. of weeks ago. So I'm telling you, that guy's got a huge. Heart. When Liv was sick, um, I did a lot of research, and there's a lot of research that talks about uh, like the keto diet, so like no carbs, high protein, and. When I tell you, like, we were exhausted, like, I couldn't think about what to cook yeah. or what to do. Yeah, no brain capacity left. And I don't even think that they, it was out there, but one of the teachers at Live School, I guess, grew up with Jamie mm-hmm. and messaged him and said, listen, I have this family, like, can you just throw them a little gift card? And they ended up donating to our family $5,000. Dude, shout out to Jamie so, and Eat Clean Bro. That and guy. I wrote them a letter and like I just connected him on. I had followed Eat Clean Bro, but I didn't even. I think we were like just so in everything that um, I sent him a message like a couple of actually a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I don't know if you know this, but you sent us this gift card. And I cannot tell you what it meant to our family, not just to have like the support of a local business. <laughs> 
but I got chills. It, He's it a good took, dude. It took so much weight and pressure off of our family because how do you get like an eight-year-old who's obsessed with chips and like bread to start eating? And we were able to like give her great, healthy. Man, meals. Jamie is like so many people don't understand that guy. He 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 comes from a different position. He's gonna take that business. You know, it's already probably the biggest meal prep company in the country. And uh, he keeps it real. He curses. He says what's on his mind. Like, what a fucking... Like, like those stories, again, he didn't look for And, like, they didn't fame. look he didn't, for he anything. Didn't and I wrote there. them a card. And I remember, like, talking. I think it was, like, his secretary. And I wrote her, like, a note after Liv had passed. And, like, I... See, I feel like my job is to give other people commercials, right? It's like, yeah, does this make Ryan Robbins money in the long term? It hasn't made me or Evan a dollar yet, but it will. And I know that, and I've said that repeatedly. But I got to give these other people commercials. Someone's got to give these people commercial. People like this this candle shop owner. People like Jamie. Um, shout out to, to E Clean, bro, doing that for your family. They were that, amazing. That's, he's, he's special. That whole organization, him and his wife, are all special. It was amazing. And, you know, it's 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 so heartwarming to see, like, how people can step $5, up. $5,000 right? is a lot of money to give away as a business owner. It was unbelievable. I'm telling you right now. People no. think that, like, oh, you make, you know, mm-hmm. you do this, you do that. Jamie was on my show. He talked about doing, you know, 30 mil revs. You want to take it to 50 mil revs. So what? He's got, a, you know, X amount of butchers on staff. He's got, you know, employees. He's got trucks. How many trucks does he clean, bro, have? Like, that doesn't mean that you just sit there in, in a cash of money, uh, a pile of money. And a lot of people who don't own businesses don't understand that. So the local people who are getting involved and in giving back to stuff mm-hmm. like this, I'm telling you, I'm going to help you more than you think I am. And I'm saying this it's publicly amazing. because it holds me accountable. Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, it's it's helping like all of these families that need it. Right. <laughs> I, I don't even know what I would do. I don't even know what I would uh, do. Nobody, nobody does. Four hundred and fifty grand donated to this type of research or families is mm-hmm. super impactful. And that's without all of the. So we have a program called our Unicorn Box program. So the inspiration behind that was Liv was on a clinical trial, and she had to take this medicine that was disgusting. She was on a liquid formula. She wasn't allowed to eat two hours before, two hours after, and she would get anxious. She took it every Thursday, and Thursday morning she would wake up, and she would be like, I don't want to take it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to take it. And it would be every Thursday night. And I had a girlfriend that would drop a care package off at our door every Thursday morning so she could wake up and be excited about something instead of waking up and dreading it. So through the foundation... I don't know, it just stuck with me. And I was like, well, let's do that. Like, let's send a smile to these kids. So we have something called the Unicorn Box Program because we had to have live in there, right, with the unicorns. So this is almost like a subscription box. Yep. So kids sign up for their first box. We are in 28 states. Uh, We've got almost 80 kids enrolled in the program. So they've got their first box, and it's broken down by ages, right? So we have a zero to two that's got, This is amazing. How many people work with you? Uh, what us and a couple others? Like how? We, like how many hours a day are you putting in? Like I do forty hours a week at it, least, but probably more. I, you know, I really try and balance still being a mom, right? So I was working course. all day. Your son. 
picked up my son, went to his Mosa Cup championship game for soccer. Did and he then win? He won, there and he go. scored a goal and got one assist. Oh, damn, he's doing well. <laughs> he's doing well. So, um, you know, but I work on the weekends. Like, I, my son goes to bed, and sometimes I'm up till like, 12, 1 a.m., I give families my phone number, my personal cell phone number. So there was a just family. Just going through the hard time, like just someone to call. I was put in touch with a mom who lost her daughter right after Lip got sick. And I knew of her, didn't really know her. I called her and she has become one of my closest friends now. It's I mean, a connection that's like, you no can't No one else explain. gets it, yeah. right? Unless you've been through it, unless you've walked in those shoes, you don't get it. And it's very hard to like come back to your old life now, you know? Yeah. I, 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 again, like when I get upset, even like about like what this podcast is about, like recently I've talked a little bit about, you know, haters and I don't like to throw it out, but like people don't realize like Ryan Robbins has got a heart of gold. I have a hard, I have a hardened exterior, but like what we're trying to accomplish here is, helping people and sometimes you run into these frustrations wall these these walls of frustration excuse me and to have that person you can reach out to that you know understands what you're going through is so impactful and and i don't mean to analogize what i'm doing anywhere near what you went through but i mean to have people like that and for you to turn around and now be that person for someone else again kudos to you and what you're doing Bringing this to an end, this 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 story is amazing. Um, I, I probably could have cried like three times. And tried <laughs> to hold it back. Welcome uh, to my life. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and, and I'm looking at you. I I, I I I see the toughness in your eyes, but I, I see I see the sadness in your eyes. Uh, I, I I do, and it's uh it's 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 tough. And a couple people leading up to this today were like. What are you talking about? You know, it's, it's cool. Like my, like it's it's fucking cool. Like my friends are like, "What's Fireside doing this week?" And it's it's become cool. And I was like, "I'm I'm doing this," and they're like, "Oh, that's that's hard." And right, and that's what I'm trying to change the narrative too, right? Because I talk about my uh, my girlfriends that have lost their children too, and we want to talk about our kids because we want their legacy to continue we want them to be remembered yeah, like let's you re- don't think like i don't think about olivia every second she's of every a g. day she's a gangster like. i think about her all the time so you sharing a story or someone being you know sharing a story is not going to make me maybe it'll make me cry but i'm already thinking about it yeah. like i try so hard to change that narrative now right like and I think that that's why there's not so much support with pediatric cancer because it's uncomfortable. It's sad as hell. It's sad. And like after we lost Liv, like I definitely know I lost a bunch of friends because I was told I'm too sad to be around or it's a reminder, right, of what could happen. That's crazy. That's crazy. You lose a lot of people because it's a reminder. Well, you're, you're, you're going through stuff and I think some of that was, was maybe you and your husband naturally having to grab you know get away i have a i have a good friend and hope she doesn't mind leah rabe uh david rabe was an inspiration if you go and read you know the ebook about what i'm doing and why i'm doing all this um some people think it's for money it's not just for money um david was the person who reached out to me when i was in the bar after a boat race and said you just worked this whole bar and i essentially just said hello to the friends that i i knew there um dave passed away Unfortunately, about five years ago now, uh, a few weeks ago, 
um, in the Point Pleasant boat race. And um, for, for probably about two years, and Dave and I slightly drifted, but we still had such a core of friendship. Um, Leah was kind of absent from everybody we knew, and I understood that it was probably hard for her to be around us, and some friends probably don't realize that in, in, in your world. It's hard to be around people that remind you of your daughter. It, it's, this year has been especially tough. Our school goes from kindergarten to fifth grade, so she should be graduating this year. And there are some days that I like tell my husband, I'm like, you got to go pick up Jack from school because I can't. Like, I can't see her friends coming out. I can't see, like, they all look so much older and they're all getting ready for graduation. And I try and stay off social media a lot. I do it for the foundation. But if I had a choice, I would n- probably never go on it because mm-hmm. it's like a reminder, right, of my old life. Like, you start out with... I'm you always have my- to check it out of your head. And that's what people don't realize when you go through... Yep. trauma you know I, I had some situations go on in my family and I did the same thing you got to check it out and move forward yeah it's you unfortunate gotta, and unfortunately like with this I can never move right I'm always gonna have one foot in my old life and one foot in this life my new normal mm-hmm. right because if I ever take my foot out of my old life that's where Liv is mm-hmm. so I can't like I'm always doing that limbo I'm always trying to figure out the best way to like honor her and keep her with us mm-hmm but not live in the past and move forward. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I have no advice. I mean, that is such a tough situation. And, and, and I'm sure the people around you that you don't have as close a relationship as you once did, I'm sure that they understand it as adults. I'm sure they do. Um, so I'm not saying you do, but don't beat yourself up about it. So typically what I do here is ask, you know, what, you know what two business owners that you know you love or you look after or you look up to or they've been impactful to your business um a 501c3 is a business um don't ever get it twisted you are running a business you are working like a business owner christina your friends your board you're working like business owners you know you're doing the subscription box and after this show i have some ideas for that that i think we could blow it up um but Give us two business owners. We talked about the candle shop. We talked about E-Clean Bro and Jamie. Give us two other business owners locally that has been super impactful, either while you were going through it or has been super helpful to the organization. So definitely one amazing um, business that supported us. And her, uh, the one of the owners actually joined our board um, a few, probably six months ago, is Woody's Roadside Tavern. Um Unbelievable! They did a golf Where's outing. Where's Woody's at? Uh, in Farmingdale. Farmingdale, yeah, Woody's, yep. Yeah. No. Yep. It's awesome. We love it there. Yeah. But um, and they have a setup actually kind of similar to this. They've got the string lights now. They've Woody's, got like fill out the application, get on the show. They're unbelievable. Um, they have been so supportive of us uh, from donating um, to our events to hosting uh, a golf tournament on our behalf last year, and they're doing it again this year. Um, letting us use their restaurant to sort toys um they've been unbelievable yeah like, so the, the toy thing like give me some more information like yeah like kelly and i throw out toys in the garbage all the time because <laughs> again we've heard since covid no one's taking toys um so let's coordinate on that yeah give us another business owner um i'm trying to think there have been like so many great ones um 
definitely someone that really has stepped up uh, is our pediatrician. She donates to at least two or three of our events, and she actually created a unicorn room, which is like Liv's room now. Wow. Um, Healthy Pediatrics of Old Bridge. But Dr. Trish, but don't go there because I don't want to have to wait for an appointment. No, just kidding. (laughs) Um, She's just been like just a friend and also just super, super supportive, like a smaller business. It's just her in the practice, but is always like stepping up to sponsor us and... So it's going to sound weird how I kind of transition into this, but my wife makes me watch Hallmark movies. <laughs> and uh, what I like about Hallmark movies is a fire pit and bourbon. And I'm like, I can picture myself being in that little town. But there's always a story that leads to a community doctor. And uh, I think a lot of doctors nowadays, and this is coming from Ryan, this is, this is not on you, I, I think are bullshit. Uh, I think they follow a system that they've been brought into to see a local doctor embedded mm-hmm. in her community, getting embedded into a family situation that is as as tough as yours was, is the doctors that I look up to. And I think there needs um, to be more definitely. of those doctors. And I hope someone out there hears me. And then I have one more because Give I can Give me another one. Give me another one. Let's do it. Jersey Freeze is Katie He's coming and on Matt. the show. Matt is? He's coming on the show. I love Matt. He's coming we- on the show. They are the best. Katie's become like a friend of mine. Yeah. But They're good friends with Michael Scalfani. Yeah. 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 Who owns CKO, yeah. right? So Katie, we, my husband grew up going to Jersey Freeze because he grew up in Manalpin. And then we used to drive just to go and get Jersey Freeze soft serve with my kids all the time. I've got hundreds of pictures of them like sitting in the lobby, sitting outside. And when Liv was sick. Um, they did a fundraiser. Katie let Liv go behind the counter and make her own ice cream sundae, which, like an eight-year-old, that is the most amazing yeah. thing that you could do. This is great. As, like, an adult, even. I'm like, that's yeah. so cool. You got to go behind Jersey Freeze. <laughs> so after Liv passed, Katie called me and said, I have an idea. I don't know what you think. I want to do, for Liv's birthday, do Liv's birthday shake. So it'll be the weekend. Liv's birthday is February 19th. It'll be the weekend of her birthday. Like, I'm like, all right, let's see how it goes. The first year we did it, I can't remember the dollar amount, but when I tell you, there were people lined up around the building, like twice around the building. People, uh, actually, ABC News picked it up. So there were people coming in and like spreading acts of kindness. So one person would come in and say, I want to pay for the 10 shakes that are going to be behind me. Someone else would come in and they'd say, well, I want to pay for my own shakes, but they've already been paid for. So why don't I pay for the next five? And it was unbelievable. And we've done it every year ever since. Um, This year they went even bigger. Uh, My son requested, he is obsessed with their sugar cookies. So Matt was ready to kill him. He requested that a cookie now is in the birthday cake shake. So there's like cookies with pink and purple sprinkles. They did ice cream sandwiches. Like they have been the most supportive, amazing so I, people. I, I, I'm definitely having him on the show now. We have, we have interacted. Mike has put us in touch. Mike also, CKO Mike, shouted him out. Um, Jersey Freeze is coming on for a quick story on my end. We were at the cabin. We, my wife and another friend of ours, yeah, Phil and Kelsey, their daughter, Charlie, we, we go there. It's simple. It's easy. It's loud. Right? No, we go you there. have a couple yep. beers. 
And afterwards, I hit up Matt. I'm like, I'm going to go check out your ice cream shop, right? We love Hoffman's. We live here in Point Pleasant Beach, and they have great ice cream. Shout out to Hoffman's. And it was raining. It was a shitty night. I drive down there. There's a line. Yep. And I'm like, <laughs> why is there a fucking line? It's cold. Like, damn, this ice cream must be amazing. Um, I did, did not drive that night. I did have a couple bourbons and some beers. And I remember I had this thing that was just absolutely delicious that they got there. It was like, it came in like this, almost like a cupcake a cupcake shape. Oh, like the cupcake ice cream? Yeah. That, oh my God, my husband like, could eat like a whole box oh of them. Oh my God, it was like ridiculous. I'm like, Phil, like put these things in your freezer. <laughs> like, I gotta go. Um, so shout they out are the best. to Jersey They Freeze. are so supportive, not just of us, but our like whole community. Um, they're like sponsoring little leagues and like sports teams and they're just the best That's amazing. People. Shout out to Jersey Freeze. Um, well, listen, let, let's, let's close this out. I, I'm in. You know, Christmas thing, I'm in. You know, Fireside, America from Evan and I, you know, 1500 bucks. That's um, amazing. We, we, we vow to do that. And any way that I can help you, um, please reach out. Um, connector is what I'm best at. Um, and, and, I, and I'm willing to do it and put energy into it because I know it comes back. Your story is impactful. I hope this podcast is impactful on people. I hope people realize that we are out here trying to help our fucking communities. And if we did that more, maybe we wouldn't have shit like we had this week, unfortunately, with the Texas shooting. And um, we're all in on you, your husband, your son, Jack. And I'm all in on Olivia. And I hope she knows that I got her back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time.